Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Welcome to the jump. Look at this. Kawhi dunking. Dr. J nodding in approval. Paul, is there anything better than a seal of approval from oh, Dr. J? Oh, you get a seal of approval from Dr. J, the Dunk King, of course. That's it, That's right? A stamp right there. <laughs> <laughs> we showed some old ones on Countdown a few weeks ago, and I'm telling you, they look as good now. They really do. Yes, they do. <laughs> All right, welcome to the jump. I am Rachel Nichols, alongside our insider Nick Friedel, and also our 2008 MVP, Mr. Paul. Pierce, little finals MVP action. You're not wearing the ring today, though. Uh, I'll save it for All-Star Weekend. Oh, okay. So go. catch that, because that's go. coming up really soon. Also coming up, Zion scored a career-high 31 points last night. What Ooh. does his, quote, breakout game mean for the Pelicans? Ooh. I'm sorry to inform everyone. I think there's going to be more breaking coming soon Ooh. from Zion. But we'll discuss that in a moment. First, though... Philadelphia gets a tough rap. You know, the city that booed Santa Claus and all that. Well, okay, fine. They actually did more than boo. They pegged Santa Claus with snowballs on that day. But focusing on that is missing the point, people. In my experience, Philadelphia is not a place of extreme negativity. It's just a place of big emotion in all directions. Philadelphia sports fans do everything with passion. They celebrate loud. They hope loud. And yes, They boo loud, which is what we got last night when Joel Embiid was introduced for the Sixers game against the Clippers. Fans were upset with Joel for some Instagram posts in which, okay, let's just say he appeared to be flirting with the idea of one day joining ex-teammate Jimmy Butler in Miami, and they let him hear it a few times in last night's opening quarter. But as frustrated as the crowd might have been early, didn't take long for them to warm right back up and appreciate a major lineup change from coach Brett Brown. He moved Al Horford to the bench for this game, and the effect was notable. Both Embiid and Ben Simmons had more space, and both flourished. Simmons was just a wrecking ball. He racked up a 26-point, 12-rebound, 10-assist triple-double. And look, guys, it's possible he was even better defensively. Yeah, sure, Kawhi Leonard finished with 30. But in several key moments down the stretch, it was Simmons who went claw for claw with him, preventing Kawhi from keying a Clippers comeback. Most importantly, though, was how Brown found ways for Simmons and Embiid to fit together, including some really nice pick and rolls down in the post. It was a great reminder that while Simmons and Embiid are never going to be a fabulous X and O fit, they are both so absurdly talented, there are ways for them to share the floor. And that when they are humming, it helps players like Josh Richardson and Tobias Harris sparkle too. Of course, a little good old-fashioned physicality never hurts either. Late in last night's game, Embiid and new clipper Marcus Morris got tangled up, which led to a hard shove and some words I can't say on television. And this is hardly the first time these two have gotten into it. Oh, yes. Let's take a quick stroll down memory lane, shall we? Joel Embiid saying, we're in your head. Marcus Moore saying, 3-0. 3-0. And now some extracurricular activity. Embiid and Morris. Ah, the memories. As for last night's scuffle, it did not lead to any technicals. But just a few seconds later, it did lead to this. Morris all the way down the court and then is rejected by Embiid. Joel loved it. 
The crowd loved it, with many of the same fans who had booed Embiid now screaming his name, which in some places may seem hypocritical, but in Philadelphia, that's just a regular Tuesday, and in some ways the team itself has taken on the character of its city. Everything the Sixers do, they do big, in all directions. They are a ridiculous 25-2 and at home, while being just 9-19 and on the road. They are sprawling and messy and thrilling all at once, and they are at their best when they lean into all of that. Will it be enough to get them where they want to go this season? Will the lineup change with Horford's stick? We will see, but here's what I know for sure. However they do, the fans will let them hear it loudly. So, Paul, do you think the Sixers can become more consistent, both on the road, at home, or just that cauldron of all that emotion in Philly is so much like the team? They do so well at home, and then they don't bring that energy on the road. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to feed off that emotion at home. I mean, that Philly crowd is one of the best crowds that I've ever had to play Even when they're booing you, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're passionate fans. I've had the chance to play there when Iverson was there, and that was probably the loudest crowd I ever played with. But they got to somehow find a way to bring that passion on the road. But I really do believe that this lineup change mm-hmm. is going to help them because they need more it? space, uh, especially on the road. You can easily play with the passion and the fire at home, but when it comes down to the offense, it, it doesn't run the same on the road as it does at home because teams are better. But I think they'll really benefit with this lineup change and um, – he needed this boo. He needed this. You right. know, Joel Embiid, he's that player, and I always said he's not having fun. He's not being passionate. He's not waving a finger. He's not doing this to the crowd. When he's that player, he's one of the best in the league. Right, yeah. Paul, when a team can't win on the road but has that kind of success at home, how much of it is up here? Mental toughness has a lot to do with it, I'm telling you. Mental toughness. And, you know, they're a young team, so I don't know if it has something to do with them hanging out on the road. I mean, this is the NBA. I mean, seriously. Yeah. You know, guys go out on the road and, you know, tend to get more rest at home. Sure. So I don't know if that's it or it's just the mental toughness part. I still think Philly has all the tools to get out of the East. They are the team to get to out make, of the East to, to get, get past Milwaukee? To get out of the East. They are the team that can push Milwaukee. They have all the pieces in place. They have the length. They have the athleticism. They have the talent. Mm-hmm. Can they do it? We're going to see. But if they play with that fire that Paul's talking about on the road once the playoffs start, and then you come back home and you go, oh, well, we know what we got here. I think Philly is that team that is going to have a whole different level of confidence uh, going into those last couple games when they need it the most. Well, they're up to fifth in the Eastern Conference yeah. standings. If they can just climb into that top four, they can mm. at least start the playoffs with home yeah. court advantage. That would help things out. I do think the lineup change really helped them. Yeah. I'm curious to see the chemistry long-term and how that fits. Al Horford obviously did not come to the Sixers to come off the bench. He said all the right things after the game yesterday. Mm. Um, he said, look, I'm a good teammate. I'll do what I'm told. It, we'll have to see if that just can settle in and be comfortable for him. He is a good teammate. He is someone who has yeah, shown the ability to fit in. Fit. But you know the interesting thing? They're so dominant at home and the best home team. If they could be dominant in the playoffs at home, mm-hmm. you only got to win one road, one road game. And you can get the series if you go undefeated if, at if home. They're, if they're in the four seed, If yeah. they take care of the business at home. Yep. Regardless, whatever seed they are. They can take care of business home. Think about it. If they want every home game but just won't have to win one road game for right. series, they can win every series. Can yeah. you imagine if they go and win game one of a series when they're they're not uh, having that home court advantage? You exactly. go on the road, you get that first one, it's like, whoa. Oh, oh, it gets boy. scary because you yeah. know how scary. tough they are at home. Right. There you go. Now, are you cool, Paul, with the Philly fans booing Embiid during player introductions and when he first touched the ball? Absolutely. I mean, his actions speak 
volumes when he sends these tweets and then goes back and forth with Jimmy Butler. They're like, oh, no, you can't do that to us. Come on now. We're passionate out here. They love him, but it can turn into a love-hate affair. We yes. all know that. Them fans up there really care about their ball. It's freezing outside. They're going to pack the gym in. They're going to cheer. They're going to boo. But you know what? They care. Yeah. They okay. care, and that's what matters. You, I've been to arenas that they don't care. Yeah. Joel really knows care. exactly what he's doing. Sure. And I think he needed that little boost because they've been running flat for a little while. They can't seem to find their way on the road, and it's bothering them. We heard Elton Brand's comments a few days ago. It's mm-hmm. bugging him. Joel needed that little spark. He got it, and I think he enjoyed that that back and forth with that Philly crowd because he knows that the fire that they bring can help them on the floor. One more thing. I, he, he loves that, by the way. Yes. And I was a player that I didn't get booed at home, but I love to be booed on the road. You did. And it, it just sparked me. And right. I saw that in him yesterday. Right, yeah. He likes emotion. This whole, <laughs> the city, the Not team, they want it all. They want all, all the emotion. And it's helped them last night. Let's talk about Zion Williamson because he played Ooh. 28 minutes last night. Man. Big win over the Blazers. Now, he missed Saturday's game against the Pacers due to them being all careful with his ankle injury. But he scored 31 points last night. That ankle looked fine, Paul. Nine rebounds, <laughs> dished out five assists. Man. Afterwards, Zion said, quote, I expect to make an impact, but I didn't expect to do anything like this. What do you think that means for Zion that Man, he was able? I think, listen. The sky is more is more than the limit. He's going to space. <laughs> the ceiling is I the mean, roof. The ceiling is the roof. No, it's, That's right. no, he, it's a hole in that roof there. Because this kid, if you're not ready to play against this guy right now, you are going to get embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, do you see the way he catches the ball and how fast he gets off the ground? Look how big is he, he how big he is. And when he puts his shoulder into you, I'm looking like, man, I'm so glad I don't have to guard this man. I'm, I, didn't have to, I didn't have to play in this era. And we're talking about this is a rookie. Oh my goodness! Well, you Look were, at this. you've been talking about how hard it was to guard Shaq. Do you feel like this could turn into that? He's not there now. Yeah, I'm not, not saying Zion is Shaq yet, yet, but do you feel like just with the size, he's obviously different height? Man, I mean, this is like nothing we've ever seen. The size, the strength, the athletic ability, the shooting, the, the soft touch around the rim. He's a combination of power and finesse. And think about it. We know he's going to add the three-pointer. It's going to just get better. We saw a glimpse of that in his yeah. first game. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this is scary. This is scary. I, that's why I don't think last night means that much. Only because he's that awesome that this is just the start of what we're going to continue to see. <laughs> this is the first of many, many times oh. when you look at the game and you look at the box score and you go, yep, he dominated everybody. Mm-hmm. So as long as he stays healthy, and like everybody else in the league, right. that is such a huge bet for the success of not only the Pelicans, but the league itself. He stays healthy. He will do this consistently all the time. All right, so Paul, does he make any inroads on John Moran's Rookie of the Year candidacy, or is it still Ja going uh, away? I mean, I can't I can't give him that. Right, okay. You know why? Because <laughs> Ja Moran has such a head start. Right. I mean, it doesn't, the only way that he can win rookie of the year is if he pushes New Orleans to the playoffs. And I don't think that's going to happen. But if he does, you got to give a code air somehow because now you're like, I can he see push New Orleans into the playoffs. I can see them make it look that eight seed in the West. Oh you can see gosh. it. I don't John know. Moran, you got to give credit because he's been there all year. I was going to say, I don't know if even if he does that. Here's the thing that, that no one is talking about, though. Obviously, we wish good health for all players all the time. Um, people keep talking about the games that Zion has missed. If Zion, if Ja ended up missing games, also, then it could throw the race into more. I'm, of a I'm gonna tell That's you the this, only though. thing that I think does. It. <laughs> Listen, if he had started at the beginning of the year, oh, can you not imagine? only would they be in the playoff race, he would be an All Star. He would be a <laughs> MVP candidate, the you way he's so? playing, without a doubt. 
without a doubt. If he, the way he's playing, he's elevating this New Orleans team and this crowd in, in the NBA, no doubt. It's going to be more okay. interesting to see how they run with his minutes, though, yes. in the next couple months because they know they want to make that push. But in order to make that push, he's got to be on the floor. I think they're going to mm-hmm. be protected. They've been so protective yeah. of him. They put long-term interest over short-term interest all year. I can only see them doing mm-hmm. that more. So we'll <laughs> see. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They combined for 78 points Ooh. last night to beat the Celtics at home by double digits. Sorry, Paul Pierce. But... Hey. Will the Rocket small ball strategy ultimately wear their stars down? We'll discuss that. First, though, it's time for our distant replay. This date in 2002, T-Mac, this T-Mac. one's for you. Mac Boogie. <laughs> Let's take a look. Elevate and make the shot. Oh, man. There you go. There you go. Oh, I was at this game. I was at this game. Section 111 at the arena, baby. Hell yeah, T-Mac. How much were you screaming when he did that? It was good. Making bad moves. This season on The Neighborhood. Hey, how about I mow your lawn? You touch my lawn, and I'll just wash your car every morning. You copy my outfit? You copy my outfit? I can help with that. Is there something going on with the neighbor? Oops. Tune in to the NBA on ESPN, presented by State Farm. Okay, what's up, baby? What it do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> make, miss. It's a make or miss league, baby. That's it. Thank you, Kawhi. Miss Terror. Oh, yes. It's that time of year again. Oh, my King God. Cake oh, no. Baby is back. So this is the seasonal mascot for the Pelicans. Is it the most terrifying in sports? This needs to be in a horror movie. Without a doubt. This is like the It's Baby something. This Watch is what not, you this say. Is He's here. Good. This is not good. This is my favorite bobblehead. I'm not kidding. I love this thing. They need to retire. Oh they need to retire. Are you thing. kidding? How would you scare little kids? Which is clearly the goal of a basketball game. If this came to my house on Halloween, I'm not opening the door. <laughs> no, 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 no. No way. But everyone no likes King Cakes and everyone likes Mardi Gras. And if you don't know the story of the King King Baby, Google, because it's good. All right. Make racks. I'm still keeping my friend with me for the rest of the make miss. We got a couple of impressive dunks last night in the college ranks. First year's SDSU. Mitchell on the break. Woo. Okay. Okay. The teammates. They've been playing great. Right? Too. And then Dayton's oh, Obi Toppin with wow. the windmill. One off the Nick, one are you as fired up as King Cake Baby is for the tourney next month? Rach, I want this Rising Stars dunk contest. Yeah. I want to bring this to fruition because these yeah. kids come in the league yeah. and it is awesome what they're able to do. This or is a good thing. just actually some of the rookies could be in the dunk contest. Because yeah. it's not like John Morant could not have been in the regular dunk contest if he Man. had wanted to. Right. Or Zion, by the way. They both could have been no, in the dunk contest. No, save your dunk, Zion. I don't want to see Zion in the dunk I contest ever. I want to see ever. Zion in the dunk ever. contest. Ever. Ever. So ever. 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 jumpers. Check out this wild finish from Ben Simmons last night, Paul. Uh, let me look, see this. Look, look, look. I mean, he doesn't even need a jumper if he can do that. Come on. Yeah, he wanted the best in the league around the basket with either hand. He's I mean, this is incredible. Of course. With this either hand. Incredible. I caught that, either by hand. the way. Yeah. <laughs> you think he should switch hands? I don't know if he's right or left-handed, truthfully. Well, it's good to be both, right? Yeah, he's very ambidextrous. Yep. When you can do this. Yes. Why 
Why can you not shoot from the outside? Surround him with the proper shooters. I was going to say, if he was surrounded with more shooting and Joel Embiid, you don't have to take Joel Embiid off the team, but just maybe oh. stack up more shooting. But, but Ben Simmons is awesome. Right? Why can't he shoot from distance at all? But he well, he can. can. Paul and I are talking He's about saving this. it for the playoffs, I'm telling you. I just saw him make <laughs> the I was going to say, we have seen him during warm-ups. Make Debo. This happened the other night, but we had to bring it back. All right, watch Cam Reddish. Man, give me this. Just rip oh, the ball. Man. Evan Fournier. That's called the Debo. Woo! <laughs> Boom. Good music, thank you. And of course, you remember Giannis. Give me that. Right? Zion took it away from him the other night. <laughs> Do the rookies need to chill or are they just making themselves heard? These rookies is coming in like with an attitude. <laughs> remember the Colin Sexton crazy eyes? The Damn. first part of that sequence makes me cry, though, right? because it's on the magic, and they're wearing those weird orange uniforms. I'm just saying, Come so on. yeah, Cam, Zion. This doesn't happen too often, where somebody just just give me this, <laughs> a snatch steal. Usually yeah. you take the ball like a snatch steal. How, how often does that happen? <laughs> there you go. Producer Danny, we got it in. <laughs> Thank you I like too, it. I like to it. the Pelicans for my favorite the baby. Uh, welcome back to the jump. I'm Rachel Nichols alongside Nick Fidel, Paul Pierce, King Cake Baby. Let's talk about the Rockets. Russell Westbrook had himself another gate game with 36 points, 10 rebounds in that win over Boston. Here's Russ on the Rockets' dynamic small ball lineup after the game. Take a listen. Ooh. I think um, allowing uh, the pain and people five out is tough to guard, especially uh, when I'm attacking and making plays and been able to do uh, what I need to do to, to, to be effective. All right, so Nick, have the Rockets figured out a way to maximize Westbrook after trading for him over the summer? Rach, Russ has been much better for Houston than I thought he was going to be. He's fit. It's working. I just look at that team, and even with the small ball stuff, I go, I feel like I've seen this movie before. A great <laughs> year offensively in the regular season. They have moments where you go, yes, they can put it all together. But in the end, as I watch them, do I really believe that they can come all the way out of the West? I do not. No, I mean. But look at what, like, just about the Rockets, Westbrook. The, the Rockets have figured out, and that's why they went all in with the trade, but Westbrook has figured out how to make it work. Because Absolutely. he's like, look, I know what my strength is right now. It's attacking the basket. He's the best mm-hmm. in the league. He's the best guard at attacking the rim in the league. So and look at the like, way he's reduced his three-point attempts. That's yeah. really, to me, the number that sticks out, the bottom line of that table there. Because, look, we know that he is capable of change. Mm-hmm. He changed his game at times in Oklahoma City. But this was one thing yeah. that they really could not get him to stop doing is chucking up those threes when his efficiency was low. And something has clicked. I don't know if we credit Mike D'Antoni. I don't know if we credit Russ. Obviously capable of going out and doing what he wants to do in a basketball court. But taking fewer threes has meant... Such a shift for his it's efficiency up his and the field team's goal percentage. He is dominant right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a better player going to the rim. I mean, what, Russ? You know, you get to an age when you in the league and you try to say, "All right, I'm going to figure out how to be different." As I get older, I'm gonna find different ways to be effective. Mm-hmm. And Russ has figured it out. Listen, my shot is not up to par right now, so I'm gonna take advantage of all my strengths, and that's just his athleticism and getting to the bucket. And he's the best of the league at doing that. And you have to give him all the credit to me, Rach, because he's the one that knows that those threes weren't going down early. Right. And no matter who was telling him, he's got to be the guy that makes that decision on the floor. So for him to acknowledge what wasn't working and to move forward closer to what is, that's on him. Right. And look, I do want to get back to the point you brought up earlier. 
the smaller ball strategy, there is a question of whether that will wear the Rockets players out. You said you've seen this movie before with the Rockets. James Harden specifically has gone so hard at times during the regular season. And look, we all appreciate that work ethic, but he has seemed worn out sometimes during the playoffs. They've decided, you know, they've talked a lot about reducing his load. Russell certainly coming in has reduced James's load. But Paul, when a team plays all small ball all the time, it does wear on you, especially defensively. The Warriors didn't go to the death lineup for the full game. They saved it more toward the end of games. What do you well, think? Well, this is what you got to understand. When they're small, mm-hmm. they're not fighting through screens, fighting off down screens. They're switching a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, when I had to fight through screens, fight through down screens, that wore me down. Right. When they're small ball, they're switching everything. And they're like, shoot, we're going to be scrappy. We're going to play to our strengths. Uh, and offensively, we're going to play downhill. And so I, I don't think it'll wear them down. I think it's going to wear the other team down before over them. The course of a because over the course of a series or the course of a game, because they're speed now. They're the fat, they should be the fastest team in the league with, with this lineup, the way Russ is pushing it. And now he's taking pressure off of Harden. Now when he, when Harden has those playoff games where he, he's not the James Harden we know, Russ can be that guy. So I, I like what they're they doing. They can switch roles. Yes. That is going to be crucial. I think we're so sensitive in the league right now to, how many minutes and, and right. how hard are guys going? We're, we're not watching guys play 40 plus minutes every time on a back to back. Plus, it, early in the year, they've been very cautious with how they use Russ. Well, sure, yes. So they knew that they were getting him ready for two or three Look, months from now. He hasn't been playing back to backs. Right. Now, here's something funny, Paul. I'm with you. Gosh, they're so fast. They're so fast when I watch them. This is a very small sample size since the Mm -hmm. trade. Their pace has actually decreased since that Covington-Capella trade, but I would expect later on for it to... It just seems so fast with Russ out there. (laughs) feels fast. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to welcome Kevin Arnovitz in next. We are also going to talk about the Knicks. Are they downplaying an off-season coaching Another Knicks topic. I'm tired of this. (laughs) Paul? Every time. Every time. We know what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) We know what's coming. After the break. More Knicks. Oh they have the largest fan base in the NBA. Ugh. The saddest also. <laughs> the most depressing. Sports Center, 6 o'clock Eastern tonight after PTI with Sage and Kevin. They're going to have the latest on Miles Garrett's reinstatement by the NFL. Plus, Mookie Betts, Dodgers introduction, Sports Center on ESPN and the app right after PTI. The ball deserves to go in the crowd after a bull move like that. I think it's bull. I just thought it was uh, bull. Don't give me that crap. There's something <laughs> so fun about seeing Doc as a player cursing. I just love it. All right, it's time to play our favorite game. I love this feature. BS oh, or real man. talk. Do you guys have your signs? Yeah. You ready? All right, here we go. What we got? What we got? Little up, emoji, man. right? Welcome back to our senior writer, Kevin Arnovitz. Thank you for joining us. And first up, former music executive turned Nick's brand consultant, Steve Stout, appearing on First Take yesterday to discuss his role in rebranding the most underachieving franchise in the league. During the conversation, though, Stout alluded to the idea of making a coaching change away from Mike Miller, right? So, guys, here is the sound here. They got some young superstars. You see R.J. Barrett, Mitch Robinson. Uh, they, got some, they, got some, they got something to work with. Um, and getting a coach in there, uh, ultimately getting a, a coach and a coaching staff that's going to help develop the team. That's, like, that's what I expect to happen so that we can actually get to what you expect from a New York team? 
The Knicks not apparently so happy with that because in response to Stout's remarks, they issued the following statement. While Steve Stout is a valued contributor to the Knicks' marketing and branding efforts, he does not speak on behalf of New York's personnel and basketball operations. So, guys, are the Knicks downplaying the need for a coaching change, BS or real talk? Listen, whenever the subject of the Knicks come up, it's always going to be. Come on, yes. guys. They have right been now, playing better lately. Man. They have. I'm not. That's not like a thing. They have. Never anything at a subject of the Knicks come up. BS. All right. Let, Let me understand something. Otherwise. Yes. Let me understand something. This person is a branding consultant. Yes. What is the new brand? Like same classic idiocy, but new flavor. Oh, Kevin. Okay. I mean, no, no. What is this person going on live television? Talking about personnel changes. Like, the, by the way, as if the problem is the brand. The problem is the product. Right. And the personnel, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. I mean, although I will say this, he might be guilty of a gaffe. Do you know what a gaffe is? <laughs> Telling the truth by accident. Well, but you're not supposed to do it on live television. Yes. No, I mean, look. It has still not been an exemplary season for them. I do have to compliment Mike Miller because he has been getting them to play better Absolutely. since he has come into that job. They are still losing by double digits a lot of the time. But there's a um, one instead of a two in front of the well, deficit, yes. <laughs> it is interesting to me. It's funny because I'm not sure the brand is the problem at all. No. Because you have so many passionate Knicks fans out there. You heard me say before the break, it is still the biggest fan base in the NBA, which is why we talk about it them a lot on this show, because many NBA fans care about them and the brand is so strong that you have Knicks fans who have been complaining about Steve Mills right for years and were rejoicing when he got fired and yet anytime he would insult a Steve Mills decision they'd be like stop messing with my team this the is brand a t- is good the, brand the team is, needs some help they're going to make half a billion in revenue this year yes that just came how many out is that most, yes most profitable franchise so the infrastructure just saying. All right, let's talk about Marcus Smart. He was on the wrong end of a few tough calls while on defense last night. Smart, last season, earned a spot on first-team all-defense. He lamented the fact that he's not getting more favorable calls from the officials. Here we go. Here's what he said. I thought I did. First-team all-defense, one of the best defensive players in the league. I would think so. This is on whether he should get better star treatment from the refs. He said, up for defensive player of the year, they're saying, but obviously not guess I have to continue to keep working. So is Marcus Smart saying he deserves star treatment from the refs on defense? BS or real talk? I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm torn okay. in the middle because he does have the reputation of being a flopper. Yeah. He does have, although a great defender. Which he has talked you know, about to his credit. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm torn in the middle. He does get calls. Now, let's not get it twisted. Does, does he always get the call? No, but sometimes that comes against other superstar players. As we were watching, look at this is Russell Westbrook going downhill. He always is going to get the benefit of the doubt more times than not. And so, you know, I'm torn in the middle. But Marcus Smart is a defensive star in this league, and he gets the credit. Obviously, he he was named the first team all defense, and he's up for defensive player of the year. So, as somebody who voted for him for first team, I have some sympathy. That said, the part of the vote wasn't that, oh, by, oh, here. There we go. But it's like, it's sort of a, it's like at 45 (laughs) degrees. I'm kind of like, Paul. But I don't think that the vote warrants that the rules change because you, yeah. the media likes your defense. I, right. that, that's the sort of my basic feeling about superstar treatment. I just like the idea that you could get star calls defensively, which is yeah. not something that has really been in the discussion as much as star calls yes. offensively. So, right. yeah, there you go. Does it right. exist, like the star defensive call? Um, 
I Apparently have to not, say according I'm to Marcus today. Smart. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, you've seen it. All right. It. Let's talk about Giannis because he missed the Bucks last game to win is the birth of his first child on Monday. Look at that. Congratulations, Giannis. They named their son Liam Charles Antetokounmpo, and he told our ESPN reporter in Milwaukee, Eric Woodyard, that the impact of being a father, he expected to be great, not just personally, guys, but on his game. He said, look at Fred Van Vliet. He started making all those shots after he had his kid. Maybe that happens to me also. Who knows? So, is Giannis saying the birth of a child can indeed improve your jump shot? BS or real talk? This is real talk. And I can tell you firsthand, I had the birth of my child April of 2008. Two oh, months later. Really? I'm the finals MVP. <laughs> Come on now. This is real talk. KG had his kid in April. Wins the championship. Come on now. This is real talk. First of all, judging that visual, that, that baby is not aging well. Wow. Okay. He, but, put, he was very cute. He put a picture. That is a real oh, that, the, that, the that baby was, okay. from the neck down. That is not aging well. Is actually Giannis's baby. He put a little emoji oh, over the face because uh, they didn't want to show the baby's face like right away on social media, which I respect. We just thought we'd show what it will look like when he grows up. Yeah. So <laughs> I am a hundred percent because I witnessed that Fred Van Vliet outburst. I believe in postnatal bumps for, for, for shooters. Kevin. And absolutely. It, this is now, by the way, by 100%, I mean BS, but I do want our research department to look into this. I do think new father shooting percentage increase. This is, this is real. All right. May I give a little absolutely. scientific impact Please. here? Okay. I don't have your shooting percentages. This probably doesn't actually bear it statistically, but I do believe in it. Just sort of ephemerally because... Because you've actually born a child. I have okay. what, two, oh, baby. At so, once. At once. Yes. So don't talk to me. Anyway, I do think that having kids um, clarifies a lot of things, sort of priorities and what you have to spend time on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to add this big thing into your life and you have to sort of figure out where you're going to put your time and energy. And maybe it's into shooting. Right. So and, there and, you yeah, go. I'm Did telling you, bet on Giannis winning MVP mm-hmm. and possibly the championship. It is true. Like I think it was like Fred was surprised at first mm-hmm. and then as the series continued on and, and, and into the, the conference finals, you could tell like he bought into it. It yes. became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Well, I think Giannis is winning the MVP, baby, or not, but I do like what you're thinking. That sealed it right there. Also, though. I just want to point out that no one else on this set has created two humans at once, so there you go. <laughs> I have a plant. Coming up, <laughs> Nuggets. Only three games behind the Lakers in the standings heading into tonight's show down. Who will finish with the number two seed? Stick around. We will discuss that first, though. Here's what the jump recommends for today. This is so cool. The five NBA stars who win the dunk skill and three-point shootout, they've created these hand-carved bobbleheads of the players most likely to sort of take be competing, right? Mm-hmm, okay. And they're all, they're like all pretty like good them. representations, like right? I like them. Finally, bobbleheads, they're realistic. I have a Vince Scully Bobblehead that looks like Dennis Quaid. Oh, come now. No, these are, because often they don't look anything like the athlete. But they're pretty great. That Damien Lillard one is fierce. Look at that. That's good. That's Dame time, baby. I put my head down. I said, oh, no, no. This can't be happening. He's going to Brooklyn. And I had to go on the air and say, he's please don't tell me this is true. Rapper go to the league. Did you feel that pressure growing up? I wanted to sell drugs growing up. So it took away from some of my time that I could have been practicing, working on my game in the gym. I grew up poor, man. And someone else is profiting off my likeness? No, it ain't right. If another two guard make more than me, that's a problem. Go to school, get a job, get married at 30, have a family. So the fact that I wanted to do something in arts, that was left field for me. 
As far as equal pay, I think we're just going to have to fight forever. So I went shopping on the road with this man. I'm, I'm not going to say no numbers. <laughs> no, I want to hear numbers, book. Can you tell me what you lost, child? I lost my career in every endorsement deal I had. You just had one hit record. Why are you on a private plane? I'm looking at face. There's never been another KD. So the uniqueness of you will inspire other kids to dream. Respect. So good. Check out an all-new season of The Boardroom, executive produced by Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman, now streaming exclusively on ESPN+. Check it. All right. Also, the crossover back for a seventh year tonight and tomorrow on ESPN and the app. So once again, pairing college analysts with an NBA analyst. Tonight, you got Doris Burke, LaFonso Ellis, and Adam Schefter at Bucks Pacers, followed by Jeff Van Gundy, Jimmy Dykes calling Lakers Nuggets. And speaking of Lakers Nuggets, tonight's game is going to factor big into the Western Conference standings. The Nuggets, you guys, have passed the Clippers. They now have the Lakers in their sights. The team split their first two matchups. The Nuggets on a four-game win streak since Jamal Murray's return from ankle injury. Denver just three games back from L.A. at the moment. Paul, do you mm-hmm. think they could catch the Lakers? No, I think the Lakers are going to have a sense of urgency. I think they want to wrap up that number one seed. Um, I think it's going to be important for them because they know how good these other teams are at home. Nuggets, Jazz, you know, even the Rockets. Uh, I think they want that number one seed in the West. Yeah, I mean, four games in the loss column is a lot. That's a lot. Because, uh, you know, elite teams like Lakers, they only lose every 10 days. Sure. Right? I mean, it takes just a month and a half to do that. So the other thing is, is to Paul's point, you know, normally maybe a LeBron team, you rest it, you coast at the end of the season. Not this year. They don't want to see the Clippers in the second round. Right. No. Right. Well, a lot of that, I think, may have to do with the Clippers seating as well on where they see them also. I think it's going to be interesting because the Lakers will have to balance going in the stretch, getting that number one seed with also, look, they are a more veteran team this year. They've gone from a younger team in the league to a more veteran team. Mm-hmm. And, Paul, don't you want to rest guys a little bit as you get into that put- well, home stretch? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the idea. But like I said, like like you said, you don't want to see the Clippers in the second round. So the that's a matchup. That's going to be important. As they come down the stretch, they might look at the schedule and say they can rest some games, but they want the number one seed. Please believe that. All right, so go to the Nuggets side of the equation. They had that crazy win. Remember they had seven players in Utah the night after the trade deadline, and it was just sort of anarchy, and they won the game, and they've been on this good run now, wins in the last three. What do you think of sort of where the Nuggets are, and especially after the deal they made? Yeah, I mean, with Murray coming back from injury, it's like order has been restored. Right. You know, that dribble handoff offense, I, I just, it, it's, it's, it's really efficient when it works. Yeah. And they play a great brand of defense. Um, I also love those retro uniforms. Really. I mean, not those, <laughs> but like the black ones. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, they're going to be really interesting. Um, and they want, I, I want them home in the second round because that home court advantage is enormous for yeah. that team. They just have the biggest margin. <laughs> I really feel like this is the same story with this team every year. I mean, I just don't know when it gets to the playoffs. They got one superstar and a bunch of guys who, you know, are in the middle. Come playoff time, you need at least two. But they were so young last year, right? And you could see that in the series with the Spurs. You could see that in the series against Portland. It really is Jamal Murray, I think, a lot on his shoulders. Because we know what we're getting from Jokic, right? So if Jamal Murray... Who's the second best player? Jamal Murray, that guy, can he be consistent for them every night? I don't know. Right. You know, we're seeing how you do in the regular season. He was great in the Blazers series last year. 
but I just don't know. You have to have that consistent secondary player in the playoffs. Well, people are going to ask him until he does it, right? So he can do whatever he, he he can play really well in the regular season. You have to go out and prove it in the That'd playoffs. Right. So they'll have that chance this year. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more about Giannis Antetokounmpo next. He says he's turned down opportunities to be in movies, commercials, to focus on winning his first title. Does that kind of stuff actually increase your chances? We will discuss that. First, though, time for our second distant replay of the day. This one from this date in 2006, featuring AI Ooh. and AI. Love it. Watch it. Watch it. Thank you. You forget he was a playmaker. He helped. <laughs> um, I do not oh, forget, no, you don't forget any of that. Thank you very much. There will be no slander in this room. No way. High noon is minutes away. Papo and I will discuss whether Zion is already exceeding expectations. Did the Sixers win prove that everything is now fine in Philly? Did Eric Bieniemy leave the NFL for a college job? And a little brother gets dunked on. Stay tuned. It's basically the theme of this television show. Yeah, actually, yeah. Who's the little brother? NBA All-Star Weekend begins Friday in Chicago with the Celebrity Game. It's on ESPN and the app, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific. It's Team Wilbon versus Team Stephen A. And starting tomorrow, we're taking the jump on the road to Chicago for All-Star Weekend. Paul, you'll be there. We'll be live at Navy Pier. And you can join our audience. You might catch Dwayne Wade, Trey Young. They're both supposed to stop by the show. We're going to have so many special guests who will be swinging by our set. Hey, I am going to go to LAX the minute the show ends, oh, fly through a snowstorm just to hang out with the people in Chicago. So are you, Paul? Tell them to come oh, hang yeah, with us. Come chill with us. It's going to be a movie. Boom. Oh, a great show. <laughs> One or the other. It's crunch time here on The Jump. The Raptors going for 16 straight wins tonight. Yeah. They face the Nets on the road. Kevin, how do you like the odds of Toronto keeping the streak rolling? I like them. I love this team. I'm watching Tuesday the 25th, home Milwaukee as the next big, big test. Right. Ooh, I bet the house on it. You <laughs> really? 16 in a row. Wow. What there you go. They've been having so much fun. And you know the whole scarf thing with Serge Ibaka, right? And OG Ananobi. The entire team wore bright red and orange scarves <laughs> on the plane ride down to Brooklyn. That's chemistry so right there. you go. Accessorizing. There you go. Zach Levine on fire heading into this weekend's three-point contest. He was 8 of 11 from deep last night. Had 41 points. The Bulls did still lose the game. But look, Levine already has two dunk contest wins. No player has ever won both the dunk contest and the three-point contest, even if it's not in the same year. No one's done both. Do you think he can be the first one? He has a shot. As long as Steph and Clay aren't in three-point contests, he has a shot. That's true. And right? I think he wins the dunk contest. Right? It's a good year if you're someone else to be in the three-point contest. Absolutely. Although, I don't know, is Joe Harris going back to defend uh, his I think crown? he will be back. He's, so. he's going to be tough. But he has a shot. That's that's the key. Oh, all right. Today, 20th anniversary of Vince Carter's iconic dunk contest win. What do you remember, Paul, about this night? Man, I was sitting in my suit on the other end of the court at the free throw line. Like, I couldn't believe what I was watching. You know, I saw a lot of these dunks in the high school dunk contest. Right. But when he... When Tracy bounced it and he threw it in between the legs, I was like, I ain't seen that one yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is And then is, he didn't even win. Vince, his cousin, snaked him. Oh, my goodness. I was like, what? The NBA player reaction Ooh. was amazing. Shaq with that camcorder, like Ray Allen wiggling on the floor. It was, I'd never seen player reaction like that. Look at, I mean, that, yeah. come I on. I showed it between the legs. The one when Tracy bounced it and Vince caught it. 
That's oh, that's I mean, the one. That was the one. That's when it was like it's over. It was the first of the final. That, that yeah. was over. So, yes. Look, I mean, Tracy said great stories about how Vince convinced him. Yo, cuz we should be in the dunk contest. We should do this. You're going to be great. You're going to be great. Mm-hmm. He's like. Thanks. We know what happened. <laughs> I do want to circle oh. back to the reigning MVP. He said something else to our colleague Eric Woodyard that caught our attention. Giannis said, quote, I know there are a lot of things that come with being a celebrity, being on the front page covers, all that, but it really doesn't excite me. There's a lot of things that I've turned down. I've turned down movies, commercials, endorsement deals this year because I really don't care. I just want to win. I want to bring a championship to this city. So look, I certainly appreciate Giannis's work ethic. I think a lot of players want to yeah. win. Yeah. But do you think that avoiding those off-court endeavors, he declined to be in Space Jam 2, right? Do you think that that increases Giannis's odds of winning a title? Not at all. We've seen this happen many, many times from many superstars. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, they've all done these things during the season and went on to win championships. What it does tell me is he has laser focus. He doesn't care about those things. Mm-hmm. He is focused on winning, winning, and winning a championship, and that is the only thing on his mind. In 2017, I was assigned a preseason magazine feature on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. He would only agree if his entire team was included. This was a very sure. Tim Duncan, reminiscent of Duncan, who sure. uh, famously would only do the cover of SI mm-hmm. if the, he was surrounded by teammates. And look, I think every guy is different. I mean, yeah, and, absolutely. But he has that sort of Duncan-esque approach. And, and speaking to uh, what Paul said about focus, I think for him, this is what works. Right. Yes. And look, it is a year where, as we discussed before, he's adding a baby to the mix. Throw a baby into that. It dis- disturbs your routine a little bit. Maybe you don't yeah. need to also be got time. into a movie. I don't got you know. time, boss. But judging yeah. by the science, he's going to hit 60% of his three-pointers because the baby, right? <laughs> hey, I'll take it, right? There you go. I want to get to our League Pass game of the night. Blazers at Grizzlies. This is 8 o'clock Eastern. The Grizzlies three games ahead of the Blazers for the eighth and final playoff spot at West. I love this question. So Memphis is 7-3 and three over their last 10. Portland is 6-4. and four. Which team would be more dangerous as a potential eight seed? The Grizzlies are in that spot now. Neither team will be dangerous to the Lakers. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Memphis will be more exciting to watch. And that's who I want to see. I mean, that John Morant and these young kids, they're the future. I want to see these guys in the playoff set. Dame is dangerous. So, I mean, I think they're – and that, there's no discredit to, to New Memphis. I mean, That's one right. of the visions, but not team. Um, right. Now, by the way, I think I think Portland has a slightly better chance. Um, Grizzlies have three home games in hand. And meanwhile, Blazers have three road games in hand. And, again, I just feel like Lillard is going to will this team to the playoffs. Well, look, that's why Damian was so upset the other night about the goaltending call that wasn't called because he said we're fighting for a playoff spot. Every game really matters. They could end up one out of the race. And I think that playoff streak for them is really important, Paul. Even mm-hmm. if even if they know they're going up against the first seed and it doesn't bode well for them, if you're a player, to just be able to say you made the playoffs for X number of years in a row, that I mean, means yeah, something, Yeah, I mean, right? Dame is a very prideful player. I mean, he's in the middle of his prime, and it will mean a lot. And but You're I'm ready just, for new blood. I'm just ready for new blood. You're ready for I mean, And you know what else I'm ready for? I'm ready for Dame to either go to a new team or get some more help. Paul. No, seriously. I'm tired of watching this guy put up historic numbers and, and just not have an opportunity show, Paul's to like, win oh, by the way, Damian Lillard should leave the Blazers. Um, I, yeah. I would love to see the Blazers in the sense that I think it'd be great for the franchise. I remember that Thunder Lakers series yeah. in, in 09. Like, it can really do something. Or I believe it was 2010, but yep. that, that, that's, that's a big uh, catalyst for you. Either way, it'll be excited to see them all duking out. There's other teams. We talked about the Pelicans also wanting that eight seed. Yeah. We will see you tomorrow. Navy Pier in Chicago, 2 p.m. Central. Come early if you want to hang out. Here I come.